0: Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. Host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham, talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Thank you, gentlemen, announcer, whoever you are. You've been with us for years, and we appreciate your wonderful voice. This is Bonnie D in the house. And if I got a great show for you today, let me do. Oh, somebody's got a vacuum cleaner in the background there. I hope we have clean carpets for the show. (laughs) I'm going to say welcome, welcome, welcome. This is season 11 of Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. It's our longest running game changer show. And I'm very, very proud that they're back for another year. This is where the best run indeed. I have three interesting buzz quotes for you. Then I'll give you a little more information about our topic. And then I will have my three esteemed guests introduce themselves. So buzz number one, you've all heard these phrases. Some people call them old chestnuts. Some people call them old sauce, but we agree with them. One, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Just let that sink in. Here's another one. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail, we've heard that too, and plan your work and work your plan. So let's just get those out of here and know that we're going to be talking about something related to that. Now I have a quote from Jack Alexander, who one of our panelists knows and might be able to get us for a future show. Jack Alexander is the author of Financial Planning and Analysis and Business Performance Management, published in 2018 by Wiley. And here's the quote, listen up. We don't hand aircraft pilots 50 pages of Excel reports after they've landed the plane, telling them they went to the wrong airport and I have to whisper the next part where they ran out of fuel. We don't wanna know that one. They have real time insight into the external environment and the aircraft operations. Their instrument panel dashboard is a visual presentation without spreadsheets or accounting ease. And they're talking about finance now. So the question is, do we have an instrument panel to run the business? It's essential for FP&A and performance management to be viewed holistically like that because we shouldn't be reporting past performance. We should be helping to successfully land the aircraft. Jack Alexander, thank you for the great quote. I just happened to find it and learned that Brian Lapidus, one of our panelists, knows Jack. So let's do a shout out to Jack. And here's quote number three. Gartner coined the term little X capital P and A in 2020, but the concept is not new. Expanding FP&A beyond finance has been a best practice actually for several years, referred to by many names. You may be familiar with it as connected planning, collaborative enterprise planning process. I think we've talked about that before. Integrated business planning and company-wide planning. However, with Gartner's formal definition, XP&A has become the go-to term. And that was from insights.sap.com. So better planning leads to better results, especially for the CFO and the finance team. But... The question on the table today is better good enough in this era of perpetual business change and a heck of a lot of turmoil. Finance observers and experts suggest that more than better is needed to optimize finance performance and value to the organization. How are they gonna do that? The financial P&A profession needs to evolve to, here we go, here's our topic, extended planning and analysis. Strengthen cross-business collaboration, create aligned plans, and rapidly transition from gaining enterprise-wide Insights to taking real action. This requires not just technology, it's a lot more. An overhaul of the processes that are needed to align operational and financial planning with strategic goals. That was a long intro, but I think I needed to do all of that. Pross Chatterjee, wave hello, say hi to everybody. There's Pross, one of the esteemed sponsors of this series. Thanks for being here, Pross. We have Brian Lapidus at the Association for Financial Professionals. Brian, it's been a couple years and we're so happy to see you. And we also have, oh, when people Listen When he talks, people bend over and listen, whether they have a backache or not, I'm told. It's Jeff Hattendorf at Macrospec. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. You're a regular on the show, and we're glad. Our topic today is Extended FP&A Mindset. Aha! Time to align align on strategic goals. Welcome again, Bonnie D. in the house. Let's get started. Pros, everybody knows you, but let's get up to date on what you've been up to recently. Uh, Spend about two, three minutes. Tell us, what do you do in case... I'm thinking 6.2 people who don't know who you are and one person who doesn't remember you. We really narrowed it down, Pras. So Pras, go ahead. I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead.
0: Welcome. Hey, Bonnie. Thanks for having me again and uh, really looking forward to it. And yeah, so I'm um, uh, Pras Chargy from Toronto, Canada at SCP, focusing on planning and analysis as a, a product marketer. Really, my goal is to talk to our audience, talk to uh, users and practitioners, and really find out what they're doing in the world of financial planning and analysis or planning and analysis in general, where they're going, what their successes are, what they're struggling with, and how we can help them. In terms of what's new with me, uh, just the same old getting ready for the spring and the summer, but I do have some good news. I was one of, I think, 50,000 people just accepted last week into the New York City Marathon in November, so I will be running all five boroughs. Um, so, something for me to plan towards.
1: Well, planning to, planning to succeed. That's we're all, let's, let's give Pross a round of applause. Somebody who's out there doing, doing the physical part of keeping healthy and and keeping the air moving and Pross, I'm very proud of you. I didn't realize you were at that level of runner. I'm a New Yorker born and bred. And so you can, when you pass or go through Queens, you can wave hello because I was born in Queens, New York. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Let's move around the table. Brian Lapita. So happy to have you with us. Brian, bring us up to date. What have you been up to? It's been a couple of years, and we're so happy to have you back.
2: Go ahead. Oh, Bonnie D, thanks for uh, for having me back again. And uh, I have to admit, I'm not doing anything quite as ambitious as uh, as running the New York City Marathon. But I've gone out and I've cheered people in the New York City Marathon. Not this year. I won't see you this year because I'm no longer in New York. I'm back home in Washington D.C. Um, you know, I did. So I did a stint, a tour of duty, as I like to say, in New York, and. Um, In my background, uh, you know, just to tell you, because it has been a little while, uh, a few people don't know me as well as they know profs perhaps, uh, but my background is that I've worked in the office of the CFO uh, in New York at American Express, in DC at Fannie Mae, and I've been at um, some small companies backed by private equity. Um, So my role at AFP is to create and curate content for our membership through various channels right and we do this in order to we're a not-for-profit we do this in order to help people live their best uh finance lives in the treasury the fpna space specifically um, as far as what's coming up um you know we have uh we have our uh half day virtual session this fall or this uh this june I'm very excited about that that's kind of the big new element it's a different format that we've done in the past and for people who are interested in XPNA in this topic they're going to find that a lot of what we're talking about in June uh, on the 9th on our half day session really is intimately tied to XPNA
1: Ryan where can people get information since this is coming up it's now april so june's coming up pretty fast where can people get information uh, just do a quick plug go ahead
2: oh Sure, I would like nothing more. Um, so we have, uh, in your show notes, actually, uh, you were kind enough to put uh, put a link to that site. It's June 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, easiest thing is also to follow me on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I'll be talking about it and posting about it. And, of course, you could find about everything we do at AFP on our website, afponline.org.
1: And if anybody wants to follow, Brian, for those of you who are listening on Voice America Business, it's B R Y A N l a p i d u s that's how you follow him thank you brian excited to have you and good news that you're going to do something exciting like that event so thank you very much jeff hattendorf how have you been in the past what you haven't been on the show in two and a half weeks (laughs) <laughs> bring, bring Very us up to, I remember you, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff and I are fellow <laughs> fellow Mensa members. We just discovered that. So there, if that means anything to anybody. Jeff Hattendorf, we're always delighted to have you on the panel. Let's pretend nobody knows you. Start from scratch. Who is Jeff Hattendorf? Why would people want to listen to you? Go ahead, Jeff.
3: All right. So, Bonnie, it's good to be on again. Thank you for the opportunity. As you know, but many us may not, I'm a professional nerd. And what that means is I spend my day working with a team of really talented people, and and maybe I'm a nerd wrangler, more than a nerd these days, I don't get to work on the keyboard much. But what we do is we implement financial systems, planning mostly, a little bit of consolidations and analytics for some of the biggest companies in the world, companies that you've heard of, like PepsiCo, Estee Lauder, Texas Instruments, and dozens of companies of equal size and stature within the global economy that people probably have not heard of. it's, a, it's a, been an honor to work with all these different companies. I've, got, I've been able to see a lot of different things over the, over the years. And unlike Proz, I don't like to do my best thinking while running. Running that far makes me, makes me hurt just to even contemplate like a marathon. However, I'm probably a masochist in the same way, except I do mine on a bicycle. So every summer, and I'm just starting my training game for this year, we do a 100-mile ride in the 100-degree Texas heat um, in the month of August. And 2023, my goal is to do a ride called Ragbri, which is the, the Register's Annual Great Bicycle Ride across Iowa. And it's five days of riding or six days of riding with about 70 miles of riding every day. And then a big gathering of folks of like mind at night. So a lot of the thoughts we're going to talk about today probably come from my bike rides where I get a chance to decompress and, and let those thoughts marinate a little bit so we can improve how we operate going forward.
1: Very interesting. My my legs are hurting already thinking about being on a bike 70 miles a day. And, and if I'm not on the bike, I'm going to be running along with Pros. Yes, right. In my dreams. Thank you very much. And Brian's running some major events. See, running, I got the verb in there, Brian. Just See, I thought that was very, very well done. So now it's the part, and we have to do a shout out to a colleague of Brian's. Her name is Melissa Raywalk. She's here with us in the room behind the scenes. Everybody wave hello to Melissa. She's helped us get in touch with Brian and get him set up for the show. So Melissa, we appreciate your support there we go so now it's time for the quotes i have asked my three esteemed guests to send me three esteemed quotes from fictional movie or tv characters or song lyrics something that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic of finance fpna x fpna anything we i've talked about they've talked about so far but they're going to relate the quote to the topic in their own words so we get to hear them be philosophical or just plain thoughtful or maybe a little comedic we'll see Pras Chatterjee has sent a quote from Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford, the movie Indiana Jones on the Last Crusade 1989, American action-adventure film. I'm sure everybody will remember it, so I won't give too much about it, but it won the Academy Award for Best Sound Effects Editing and the sequel, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, followed in 2008. That's a long fo- time to follow. That's 8 and eight, 11. That's 19 years later. Here is the quote. Pras can't wait for this one to you tell us what it means. X never, ever marks the spot. Oh my, Price! what are we talking about here?
0: Well, as Dr. Jones or Indiana Jones said in the movie, it's true. X never, ever marked the spot. But yet, I think that's we're often struggling to get to X. Do whatever we can to get to X. It's all about X. And I think, especially in the context of planning and analysis, um, organizations and enterprises, you know, as much as they focus on budgets, forecasts, plans, targets, how quickly, how, you know, how off we are, what's the variance, what's the rate variance, the volume variance, all the variances, it's not about X. It's really about the journey to X. And I think adopting an X extended planning analysis mindset is all about how you get there and how you get there for finances, really about evaluating what your inputs are, who you are including as part of the process, uh, what you did to get there, what kind of valid data did you have, and really looking at the journey overall. And once you've looked at the journey, you've you know, brought it together, you'll get somewhere. It might not be X, but I have a, I have a feeling it's going to give you so many more insights that will get you better than X. It might be Y or Z, and maybe that's what mm-hmm. we should strive for.
1: Very interesting. Thank you, Pras. And and no coincidence, I'm sure, that our topic is X, P, and A. So there we go. Nicely done. Very nicely done. Let's go to Brian's quote. Brian has picked a quote from Steve Rogers' Captain America, played by Chris Evans, spoken repeatedly while running There's the link to running Brian. I watched the clip talking to Sam Wilson played by actor Anthony Mackie, the movie Captain America, the winter soldier 2014 American superhero film based on the Marvel comics character, Captain America. And let's see now, it only grossed $714 million worldwide. It was the seventh highest grossing movie of 2014 and won the Academy Award nomination for best visual effects. Okay. Here is the quote, three words. You really have to explain this one on your left. Okay. Brian. (laughs) I watched the whole clip and they said it. What about 25 times on your, well, about five on your left, on your left. It's a running scene. Go ahead, Brian, talk to us. All
2: right. So you, so you've seen the quote, right? You've seen the scene. And I, I love this quote for both personal and professional reasons. And the personal is, um, I have teenagers, I have two teenage daughters, Huge fans. So therefore, my wife and I are also, by force, huge fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think we've seen every major motion picture. We've seen all the series on, on Disney+. Plus. So and, in fact, when my niece came in to visit, we were touring DC and she was a little, you know, big buildings, I get it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of dull. But then we said, well, this is the scene from Spider-Man No Way Home, or Spider-Man Homecoming. And then we said, this is the scene where On the Left happened. Well, now my daughters and their cousin had to recreate the on your left scene on in front of the Lincoln Memorial by the reflecting pool. And so we've got the family video. I won't post it, but it is just hysterical acting it out. So that's the first reason why we love this quote.
1: All right. What does it have to do with our topic? Go ahead. So the first
2: time that they say this quote in the movie, Steve Rogers, Captain America is running laps and literally lapping and passing. Um, Anthony Mackie, the, the Sam character, and in a, in that way, I think that people are looking back over their shoulder and wondering about XPNA. It's a what does it mean? Is it some technology that's coming to get me? Is it something that's the predictive technology that's going to make what I do kind of less important and off to the side? Or even what does it mean? What is this super powered connect all the dots across all the different parts of the business? Like it, it, there's just this mystery about it of, of what it means. One of the last scenes in the movie on your left happens again, is said again. But in this time, the two characters, <clears throat> Steve and Sam are actually in a hospital room side by side as Steve is recovering. And as he wakes up in the hospital the the line is said as a vote of, hey, I'm here with you. We're in this together. And so on your left becomes what I think XPNA is actually going to be. It's going to be the tool that we use to do finance better. We're still finance professionals. We still have to get done what we do, which is be the steward of company capital. Mm-hmm. But XPNA, the technology, all those whiz bang tools that that are coming up quickly are going to be integrated into our box and are going to make us better at what we do.
1: Thank you. Very interesting. Love the quote. I'm thinking, I, I'm watching 24, which is almost Kiefer Sutherland's series. I'm on day four. It's, it's binge-worthy, but it's. It, I'm dreaming about it now. I just, I, I'm in the scene. But one thing I learned from those types of shows is on your six, meaning watch what's coming behind you, somebody's six o'clock. Anyway, on your left, I really enjoyed the scene and thank you, Brian. I, I think we can, I can recommend that as a quote to other people if they, I don't know what kind of a quote. I don't watch movies. I'll tell them to watch that scene. Jeff Hattendorf waiting patiently, Jeff 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 has picked a quote from Keith. Who is a hit-seeking band leader oh played by john i love the movie the movie is la la land it was so controversial when it came out 2016 american musical romance film the context let me just read this jeff real fast jeff john legend told a reporter about his role as keith as much as you can be influenced by the past and have heroes from the past it's important to carry that forward and create something new and so in the movie keith heads a modern band that combines older aspects of the jazz genre with newer touches like John Lynn legend singing and the use of electronic instruments. Here's the quote. How are you gonna be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? And Keith's next line was, you hold on to the past, but jazz is about the future. I love it. Jeff, talk to me. So
3: this particular quote, and, and the movie I watched wasn't my favorite. And, and probably for some of the same reasons it was a little bit controversial at the time. But, you know, the character he's talking to, who's supposed to be the star, the protagonist of this, is just kind of getting by as a jazz musician because he's holding on to what he's always done. You know, the, the, on your left when cycling, and I suspect it's on your right in the UK, someone's about to pass you. Uh, and, and that's, I, I suspect the same is in True and Running. So when I hear on your left, it's we're about to get passed. This whole idea of XPNA. The the world of finance, and I work with a lot of really smart people, but we're all human and we hold on to that F. We want to be finance people. And and for XPA to be, be to become something, for the office of the CFO to do more, they've got to seize that role as as the analyst for the entire business, not just of the financials. Let the F go or let it be a part of a bigger, a bigger picture. And and I think this quote ties into that. If, if you don't do anything differently, nothing's going to change.
1: Very interesting. I like the way uh, the quote brings in the music aspect and the old genre with the new, a lot of new happening in the movie. Now that was, what would I say, 2016, 2018. And we're, Mm -hmm. we're several years later. Very, very interesting how music has changed and grown in even the past couple of years. I have a friend who, who works at SAP Press named Serge, Serge Hoffman. And he taught himself to compose, perform and produce all digital music. And his music has already been used in movie scores and at Cirque du Soleil and I'm just intrigued and and I just did an art video for a, a world art day at a tv studio where I used to produce my tv shows and I used one of his music tracks under my paintings using a Ken Burns effect I'll send you all the link I think you'll really enjoy it so very interesting thank you so much I appreciate the effort the three of you put into picking very interesting quotes all wonderful for our topic today and now let's move on to the round table the formal round table press i'm going to read your statement number one i'll just read the first line it's long i'll have you expand it and then i want Jeff and Brian to be sitting on the edge of your chairs. Jeff, are you there? You're in that vortex from edge of your seat. And I want you to get ready because I'll ask Brian, agree or disagree with Prost. And Prost is in a really good mood today because he's getting ready for the marathon. So you're allowed to disagree with him, Brian, as long as you're nice. And Jeff gets to agree or disagree with both of you. So that's even more work for Jeff. So Jeff, stay on the edge of that chair. Here's what Prost told me before the show. He says, we call it extended, in quotes, planning and analysis, but we can really use many other adjectives to get to the same place, whether it's exemplary, efficient, exciting, or p- exceptional, a lot of ease in there. Cross, take it away.
0: I mean, we can keep going with the ease. We can call it excellent planning analysis, or we choose to go. But the reality is that uh, XPNA is something. It's a process, effectively. It's, a, it's process and technology where you can effectively link your plans to the organization. I think one thing we have to understand and accept is that everybody in the organization, enterprise, or in their personal lives, and all day, every day, they're planning, budgeting, or forecasting. Someone in sales is setting a target. Someone in marketing, like myself, is setting up campaigns with a budget, uh, a budget constraint to help support sales campaigns. Someone in HR is trying to figure out who to onboard based on uh, workforce patterns, attrition, or whatnot. And all of these activities have numbers associated with it to really make the lives of finance easier if they had access to this information. Now, you know, I think earlier uh, someone said something like, um, you know, it was it's easy to bring all this t- together with modern technology. I think that's the easy part, That modern technology is the easy part. You know, you can have a unified system of record that brings in all of your data, and then as people plan in different parts of the business, it can all be connected to a financial plan, and finance has insights. So that's the easy part. But um, I think it was either Brian or Jeff. One of them said that, you know, this really helps. This is part of the CFO's mandate. And it's true. This has to be not just something the CFO authorizes, but the CFO really has to push this from the top, you know, across their horizontal, you know, C-level executives to their chief revenue officer, through their operations leads or whatnot, because it's got to be organizational buy-in. Because if you're going to have finance really helping, not dictate, but kind of leading this process, but also giving people their independence. Uh, Finance has to, the CFO has to be the one that sets the tone for this, that empowers finance to really push people to do better budgets and forecasts and bring this in all across the board because the data is there. Now it's really about bringing this all together and really delivering better insights. And as I said before, maybe not getting to X, but getting to Y or Z as the spot.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Brian Lapidus, agree or disagree with any or all of the good information Pras shared. Brian?
2: So I'm going to agree and actually take something that he said as a jumping off point to elaborate. Um, Pros said that technology is the easy part. And I really can just to drive that home. Last year, AFP put out a, uh, a research guide. Uh, it was called um, Progress and Challenges on the Road to XPNA. And we had survey responses globally. And we asked people to rate where their organization was on a zero to a hundred scale. And what we found was that there really were two steps. There was alignment and there was automation. And the alignment is that, it's that vision to follow the process, to think in terms of extending the business beyond finance to everything else. And what we found is that companies that had a higher score on alignment also had higher score on the automation that the best predictor of success was that you have your operations in a line, you have your people talking to each other, that communication happens and the flow needs to happen before you get to the automation and so the tech the tech being the easy part, it's the people that have to be managed. It's the people that have to have their process to buy into the vision and to see everything through and through.
1: Thank you very much. I, I think something I'm hearing all of you saying is that this is about getting rid of silos, right? Nobody is hogging the data or the actionable insights. It's getting it out to everybody in the company in a, a broader way rather than we're finance and we own all the data. Jeff Hattendorf, agree or disagree with anything or everything? You're up. Well, I,
3: I generally agree. It is people, process, and technology. And the people are the most stubborn. The, the phrase stubborn as a mule comes to mind when we talk about this kind of a topic. But the the, the hardest thing I think CFOs have is because they're financial people, is they they get caught up in trying to figure out whether the investment in the technology is is worth it, because they don't see where that's going to change something in the organization longer term, and you can't you can't have a revolution if the conditions aren't right. XPA is we, we talk about it being an evolution or a process or it's we're we're going we're going to evolve to it, and we've been talking about this longer than before. Gartner talked about it in 2020 or labeled it. It's been around for a much longer period of time. It hasn't really happened for most companies because all three of those things aren't in place. And so I do agree that people are the most important part. I just don't think the companies are making the investment in the process changes and the technology so that people can get over the hump.
1: I'm seeing some nods there, especially from Press. Press, this was your topic. Yes, this was your topic. Why don't you say something back? And then, Brian, if you want to add something, I'll call on you. Go ahead, Press.
0: You know, I think Jeff uh, was correct. I'm going to expand on Jeff a little more. Maybe I'm going to disagree with him, but he called it an evolution. I wonder if it needs to be a revolution uh, because, uh, you know, they're all probably like, I mean, Jeff mentioned it's, you know, it's going to involve people, processes, and technology to get things started in this uh, regard. And um, I don't know if it's something that can happen with a soft, blow, a soft glance. I think people have to really accept it for what it is and the value. And in many cases, it might have to, you know, involve Mm -hmm using a hammer to get this done and uh, that's where the revolution comes in because um, ultimately it just can't be something finance dictates from the top everybody has to see buy-in I mean uh, you know sometimes I see messaging around xpna hey look at hr hr can do their plans and it can connect their finance well if you're someone in hr who's managing a massive workforce and you know attrition and you know especially all the challenges you have in today's day and age where people are ghosting jobs and things like that do you really care that that salary line and the benefit lines rolls up into an income statement? You probably don't. I think every uh, line of business has to really see what their personal value is versus just, look at me, I'm finance, I'm setting this up, everything's connected. It's got to be more than that. You've got to talk to the persona and the audience and what's in it for them. And I think that might be part of what's missing uh, before it becomes a revolution and you have forced it down people's throats.
1: Provocative. Brian, are you raising your finger there? Talk, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so since I know you love quotes, right? Let's go to Hamilton. It's, you want a revolution. I want a revelation. The you know <laughs> Jeff talked about how hard it is for finance to get investment in this kind of thing. Part of that is because finance always sees itself as the exemplar of a fis- fiscal restraint, right? Because so often we have to go back to the business and say, you know, we're missing budget. You have to come and you know cut your budget. So finance is historically underinvested in we try to get by as as cheaply as possible i hear this from our membership and you know membership of companies of all sizes all around the world and they say we're having trouble getting the investment whether it's getting the cfo to believe it or getting the business to believe it <laughs> and honestly we have to stop judging our success as the cfo organization as a percentage of revenue because that's not a measure of adding value That's not a measure of what we can become. We need to be part, our technology needs to be part of the technology plan and the roadmap for the entire company. We need to have, see ourselves as worthy of the investment and know that we can do. We have our members say, it's really hard to to quantify and it is hard to make an ROI because what they're finding is that the more they invest, the more they can do, the more they actually want to spend more money. They want to hire more data engineers. They want to hire more people because they're finding that their ability to add value is increased, and people are wanting that. So um, that's the revelation that I, I think that we can that we can bring about, and that's where XPNA is going.
1: Good conversation, Jeff. Anything you want to add to this?
3: I, I it's exactly right that it is. If you are settling for an evolution, you're not going to get there. <clears throat>
1: Okay, he got the last word. Pros, you're good with that? I think we're all- I'm great
0: with that, yeah. on
1: the same page. What a good opening statement, Pross. Thank you. That's what we love is a little bit of, we expand the topic through a provocative statement, maybe a little controversy, and we arrive at something that, that makes a lot of sense to everybody. Thank you. Let's go to Brian Lapita's statement number one. This is some research we've got here. Brian says, companies have islands of automation connected by rowboats, of excel sheets i think we got moats in there somewhere sent from place to place and his organization's 2020 members survey i'll just read this one line here the technology and data platform supporting financial decisions showed that two-thirds of fpna teams had a dedicated planning platform of even among this group 97 percent. everybody sit down we're still using spreadsheets regularly in their forecasting is this shock and amazement i'll let you unpack the rest of it go ahead brian
2: it's it was so surprising because the what this shows is we have some small scale investments going on. People have the tools or have what they think are the tools, but then there are these manual, manual processes that are supporting them. Right. So is it? It's not XPNA. Right. XPNA I think is a, a vision of where we can get to and connecting all of these different islands. But what's happening now is it's just export to Excel, ship it over, re-import, and then the next set of work begins. And it's really limiting what it is that the finance professional can do. So when we conducted this survey, we found that only a quarter of all respondents actually could automate the, the actual to forecast reconciliation, right? That's just one of the basic things that, that FP&A does. Well, if it's basic, that should be push button technology done um, and here we are right just into, into our third year of a, uh, of a global pandemic there is you know we're in a VUCA world there's volatility and uncertainty you know all around the world and our survey showed only 50 percent of companies could easily create an out-of-cycle forecast well when you think about it the reason is what our members are telling us the reason is is this bit of data resides here and this mm-hmm. bit of data resides there and the process, we have these manual, these rowboat processes to connect all these islands. And so I think what XPNA offers is the opportunity for FPNA for finance to move upstream. If we're thinking just about the financials, the bottom line, we're missing all those steps that get us there. It's a little bit like that Jack Alexander quote that you mentioned in the beginning. If all we're doing is showing the outputs, mm-hmm. well, it's hard to have an impact on the business if you're only thinking in terms of outputs. You've got to get to the input stage. You've got to get to the process stage, and so what XPNA offers is the opportunity to move upstream to have more of an influence, to have that you know proverbial seat at the table that we always talk about, in order to get to get
1: there. Thank you. Very interesting. Yes, it was shock and amazement. We've been talking about what happened to XL for years now on the show, right, Pras? is are, are people still yep. actually looking and saying, oh, we'll tell you what happened six months ago. I've got my spreadsheet here. Jeff is smiling. Jeff, it's time for you to agree or disagree with Mr. Lapidus, go ahead. Hey, don't
3: take shots at my Excel. I still love my Excel.
1: <laughs> okay, we're sorry. We're
3: but sorry. I'm not the CFO. And in in these major organizations, and I love the metaphor that Brian used, it's, it's, it's really true. We have pockets of, of innovation. We have pockets of investment. The CFO almost always in her role looks at the business in terms of return on investment. And I don't see a huge return when I automate these things. Yeah, my two systems talk, so what? If you believe what Gartner has written, if you believe what the other analysts have talked about, that that there's an exponential improvement in how you're going to operate when when you have an extended or an integrated set of operational planning and, and forecasting processes, they all have to talk to each other. And so this won't happen until someone from the office of the CFO leads the way. You have to get out front, stop worrying about within some level of reason. I'm not crazy, but you have to stop worrying about the the individual return on every project. And what is the big picture we're trying to get to? You can't have the benefits of of a true XP&A process. You can't can't have the revolution unless all the pieces exist. It's not pick and choose. You've got to have them all or it's not going to happen.
1: Jeff, it sounds to me like that's a revolution in change management is every project doesn't have to have a uh, profit on it. Every Everything doesn't have to be connected to a bottom line. It's a bigger change management. And it sounds like that's what we're talking about. Let's go to Pros. What do you think? Uh, either what Brian said and or Jeff's comments. Pros.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, uh, Brian came up with that, that statement about Excel. Um, you know, he expressed his sentiments. Mine is more disappointment, as always. I'm still disappointed that, you know, that there's such a huge dependency on Excel. Uh, but as Jeff uh, talked about, it's really about the value and the ROI. And how do you get to the ROI? I mean, you know, as Jeff mentioned as well, like, yeah, you've linked these two systems. So what, what next? Maybe a lot of this is about perception and presentation as well. You know, I think uh, the show notes call it X, capital P, and capital A. Maybe it's got to be small X, small P, and A, capital A, because the A means analysis. The A means that once you've integrated this stuff, brought it all together, you've got finance professionals and just professional in general spending more time on analysis and really talking about what's going to happen tomorrow versus what's happened yesterday. And I think that's the key. Let's focus on the analysis part of X, P, and A. So maybe starting today, the three of us or the four of us that define it's X, small P, and a capital A. How's that going forward?
1: A capital A. He said it. Brian, this was your provocative opener. What do you think?
2: Um, I mean, the A is where you add the value. Um, you know, I think that, and, and it's, it really is all about value. Um, the CFO has the opportunity. I, the CFO in some ways gets to choose how he or she is going to run their organization. And in other ways, the CEO and the board say what they want from the finance organization. And the finance organization can, be, can define the value that it brings as control and compliance, we're going to record what happened we're going to tell you where the money went we're going to tell you where the money is so you could spend it or the finance can say the value we bring is where to put that next dollar of capital and if you believe that then there's all these things that we can do and that will be your and that will be your impetus to make the investment to be on the company roadmap our members say a lot of, of what Jeff said that it's so hard to justify this when you have a, a, an ROI on each individual project and what our what we hear as far as how to get that approval is you can't value the individual investment you have to value the program itself take a step up there are individual investments that are part of a larger program of what we want to get to um, you have to stay on technol- technologically on par with the company You have to have that vision of what it means to add value and as a service organization. And so the finance becomes almost an economic consultant to the business saying, we bring quantitative methods. This is what we do. Here's our analysis, just as Prost was saying. And so that larger view of what does value mean, how do we deliver it, and a roadmap to bring it there is really what we're seeing from our members as the best way to to get that investment and make the change.
1: Very interesting. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm going to move on. I picked statement number three from Mr. Hattendorf. And he says, oh, this is interesting. If you do not lead, you will have to follow or worse, get out of the way. So embrace the chaos that can come with change and enable a change for the better for your organization. Jeff, tell us more, please. On your left. On your six. (laughs) Yeah, but
3: worse on your six. (laughs) Worse. So the idea of revolution, we've talked about it a couple times already today. And I actually did some research on this because I've told clients, and I've, I've said on a number of different times I've spoken, that, that XPNA is an evolution, not a revolution. Well, you'll hear me say this now, I was wrong. Ooh. One of the theories of revolution is that it's a two-step process, that you have to have all the right conditions in place for the revolution to actually occur. So if we really wanna see the return on investment All of those fundamental pieces have to be in place. And that's why companies have to start looking at this as not a series of one-off investments, but a total of, we're going somewhere down the road. We we have lots of clients that are doing a finance transformation. Finance transformation has gone on in clients for 25 years. Well, I would challenge every CFO or finance professional who hears this to think about life differently in your organization. Marketing, great storytellers. You have the HR people. They're the people people. You've got the people that run the the facilities and do the sales. They're great at the operations. You are the best analyst in your company. Embrace that role. Take take the lead on being the analyst for the entire organization because what that's going to drive is all of those tools, all of those people, all of those processes having to work together so you become the group that does the analyst and analytics for the entire organization, not just the financials. If we make that change in our minds, we're going to be able to make that that pitch to the entire organization and view this in a different different scenario than just ROI on a series of individual projects. And that's when the revolution can take place. That will be what XPNA has been telling us for the last I would I would argue a dozen years is the future of business.
1: Jeff, whose job is it to make this pitch to the entire organization? Which you just said is that the CFO? Is that somebody he or she designated title, delegate? Yes, title.
3: It's the CFO. It but by role or by influence, everyone has a different personality. The mm-hmm. CEO can do this. The CFO can do this. Someone in the CFO's department who, is, who understands the bigger picture, we're all human and we get, we get mm-hmm. locked into how we operate. Someone has to challenge the status quo and lead the way towards this. I would put this on the CFO to start, the CEO second, one of those two people or someone on their team is where I would, I would expect this leadership to come from
1: hope everybody's listening. Good lesson here. Let's go around the table. Agree or disagree. Pras, you're sitting next to Jeff right now. Go ahead.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that um, but there it's it's a lot more difficult in the sense that, you know, yes, um, you know I talked more about it, the profession is financial planning and analysis. And uh, even when I started my career, I spent so much time planning, planning upon planning, budgets upon budgets, better updates to the budgets, and always trying to strive for X, doing whatever it takes to get to X. And as I mentioned before, it's about the journey and it's also about the analysis, as Jeff pointed out. But I look back at my training when I first uh, entered this profession. I mean, I became an expert in talking about what happened yesterday. And everybody asked me, you know, there's a variance, what got to it, how we got there. But I don't know how. Um, so I spend a lot of my time, and I think many people in this profession spend a lot of their time focusing on how did we get there? How did we get to this result? But I think the key now is how are we going to get there? That's the focus. And that might require Further education, a mindset, just thinking about things differently in terms of uh, having confidence and anticipating what's about to happen and making use of enterprise wide data. Now, as Jeff mentioned, this is what I wholeheartedly agree on. Um, when you go do financial planning analysis, it's something that's constrained within the office of the CFO. You probably don't need the CFO's complete buy in to change the process or adopt a new solution. But when you're doing XPA, That affects everybody across the enterprise, and it it needs the CFO's buy-in, as Jeff mentioned, the CFO to talk to the CEO, but you're also going to need the different silos. If you want HR involved as part of HR planning, the chief HR officer, the chief revenue officer, the supply chain officer, having all of them bought into this process, but as finance, you've got to explain to them what's in it for them. It's not. I mean, I see too many finance organizations say that it's about making my life easier. Look, all the plans are connected big deal that the plants are connected, what makes their life easier. And that's what's going to really drive this home.
1: Thank you very much. Brian Lepitas. love to get your thoughts.
2: So Jeff started out this round and, and I just like to paraphrase, uh, you know, basically when it comes to the technology, either lead, follow, or get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we're seeing from our membership is that in order to bring those people along, um, you have to recognize, that there are different frontiers of people. Some people will naturally want to be on the lead, those cutting edge, bleeding edge technophiles, and other people will be at the opposite end of the, stream, uh, of the spectrum. And so what we've seen from our companies, from our members is an exploration of different frontiers of, uh, of how people come along. So one company that I'm thinking of, they had their digital leads program and they actually were trying to make citizen data scientists resident in the business and they had this, this was a very large company and they would literally bring they'd create automation uh, projects inside the business and then the people who were running those projects and this is maybe one percent of the finance workforce came together for a conference and each person would get up on stage and say here was the problem and here's how i solved it and by doing that you had the leading edge people talking to each other, and then mingling with each other and sharing ideas. Then I saw another company that said that was really focused on bringing everybody along. So they would create this social pairing of people and give them projects. They bring them together and say, here's a new technology. Now go find a project to apply it to. And they would use that kind of teamwork to, even though people were from different parts of the company, to keep in touch and say, well, you've learned this, how are you applying that, and keep that kind of social pressure up. And so recognizing that different people have different comfort levels, you want to keep the people you have, you want to upskill what you have, and you want to recognize, and this is, I think, that probably is the most important thing, what you want to recognize is that, I'm going to borrow another quote, lots of quotes thrown around here, but here's my favorite quote on, on organizational innovation. Innovation from the top down tends to be organized, but dumb. Innovation from the bottom up tends to be chaotic and smart. And so, as Jeff says, embrace the chaos. Well, CFOs, this is a way to do it. Create the parameter, Mm -hmm. which you're going to bring all these different frontiers of people through. Have a little bit of experimentation, risk-taking, and yes, chaos, in order to bring it together and manage that process because you don't know everything. The people who are closer to the business are going to know more about the customer and more about a wider variety of tools. So manage the process
3: of this organized chaos.
1: Thank you, Jeff. This was your lead topic. What do you think? Anything back?
3: Well, yeah. So that last bit from Brian, I think is brilliant. It's, it's right on point. And the idea is no revolution has ever succeeded without great leadership and a vision. But leadership and vision only takes you so far. Think of any revolution, political or otherwise, and, and you can probably point to a figurehead, but they didn't do all the work. They didn't make all the decisions. If you if you can define a framework as a leader that empowers the bottoms up change in your organization, that's where you're going to see the real change. The, the real impact comes from the, the people on the front lines believing that what they've been doing, no, no offense to those who are just doing financial planning and, and get caught up in it, that if they believe they can do more that they have a bigger impact that's what that's when we're going to see real change in these organizations and you won't be the guy or a gal who's running a company who hears on your left because someone's taking your chair at that seat or one of your competitors is passing
1: Thank you very much. Good topic, Jeff. I, we have time to squeeze in one more here, and I'm going to go to statement number three from Brian Lapidus. I think this is interesting. He says, RPA is not XPNA. He's been talking to practitioners and vendors, likes that, talking to practitioners and vendors about low-code and no-code solutions to improve data management. Now there are great tools to help extract data from one system, transform it to standardize the data usage, load it into another system for analysis. I'm going to let you finish that statement. Go ahead, Brian.
2: So uh, re- recognizing that I may be the least technical of the panelists here, so I'm definitely looking to, uh, to Prost and Jeff to comment on this. One of the things that I think happens is uh, what my old boss used to call paving the cow path, which is you have a way of doing something and then you just, you know, it may be a meandering path through a field and then you, the road comes along and you just do it faster. The risk that's out there, there's a risk and opportunity. The risk that's out there is we use especially some of these new, really, really kind of impressive low code, no code technologies to just do what we're doing faster, to pull the disparate pre- spreadsheets together and mash all the data together and then export into a new spreadsheet. And yes, you could do it faster, better, cheaper with some of these tools, but that's not XPNA. XPNA is actually planning your data end to end, it's having your HR and marketing and finance together and understanding what the definitions are the terms the calculation the data owner of each and the steward of each individual data and calculation that's how you build the platform for all the higher level machine learning and the next generation the things that are just on the, the horizon or maybe even over the horizon so RPA, robotic process automation is becoming easier and easier through these tools but i don't want people to get lazy and just do their old manual processes faster when XPNA offers such a much more robust opportunity?
1: Thank you very much. Let's get two minutes each around the table. We're almost out of time. Um, let's see. That was Brian Price. I'll put you next. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, my take on it mm-hmm. is that uh, RPA needs to be a part of the XPA process. I mean, once you've designed your XPA process in terms of. Um, where you you know, you know set your strategic plans, you set your targets, and then you have finance work towards their planning and analysis for all the other uh, lines of businesses or business units are working on their plans, and you figure out how they're connected. You've drawn up this beautiful diagram. I mean, maybe it's literally an X with something in the middle and how everything filters in there. I think that's where RPA comes in. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, when people talk to me about RPA, I often tell finance organizations, well, you've been doing RPA as long as you've known it. I mean, in that Excel crazy spreadsheet you've had with all those insane formulas with all those macros and many you click that macro you've been doing some sort of crude rpa to get you from one point to another to make it less manual so you've been striving for less manual activities and uh, processes for a long time so use rpa so that as a data sits in different silos they come together in a maybe centralized data warehouse Uh, maybe it's coming in in real time maybe you have analytics built on top of that where the data is updated semi-regularly as regularly as possible through automation, and this is part of your XPA process. So, you're using this RPA technology to get data, make data clean, make it move faster. All things that you've been doing in the past through crude Excel type efforts or massaging efforts or whatnot, but embrace this as part of your XPA.
1: Interesting. Jeff, wrap this up for me, please.
3: Well, so Brian touched on it earlier. You know, we've got clients that have small teams in the finance office. They're worked really long hours. A lot of the people I work with day to day over the last 20 years, it hasn't changed much, are just trying to get their stuff done that day. If anybody saw the movie, For the Love of the Game with Kevin Costner, as he's on the pitching mound as a pitcher, he has this phrase, clear the mechanism, try to get rid of the distractions. All of this manual entry that we're doing is a distraction from letting people who are really smart, sharp analysts, from being analysts, they're spending too much time copying and pasting data, pulling it into Excel, moving into a different format and loading up to different system. If you can replace those manual tasks with RPA, you're moving the ball forward in your X, P and A journey, moving you closer to that revolution by getting those distractions out of people's heads and letting them be analysts, let them do what they trained to do in college and what they, what they thought they were signing up for when they joined the team in the first place.
1: Thank you very much. I have a question. We got about two minutes left before I have to wrap this up. If we met again, one year from today, maybe that's too far out. I don't know. Would we still be talking about the need for this revolution from fp to extended p and press? What do you predict?
0: You know what? I, I think um, it'll be, it, it's going to be somewhere between an evolution and a revolution, but the revolution won't be blunt force. It'll be slow. It'll be a slow crew. Maybe you start with a few different lines of businesses. I mean, it's hard to do this all in one, you know, big bang, um, you know evolution it's really got to start slowly it's got to permeate it's got to let people see the business value it's got to sell the business value internally look what we've done it's got to have rois that are making sense and through this i think in a year we'll see organizations creeping slowly towards an xpna process and maybe when we visit each other in a couple of years it'll be a more complete process amongst uh, brian's constituents uh, you know the next time he does a survey and i'd like to see the results of that i think that would be great
1: I think we would. Brian, 60 seconds. That's it. Talk.
2: Well, certainly I have my work plan for next year is to uh, to rerun the survey. Um, but the, the short answer is yes. I think we'll be talking about this. I think that there's always some new technology that's just over the horizon that we're aiming for, and that's a good thing. And I think that once we work out the data, the connections, the automation, right, we'll be talking about the next thing. And this idea of XPNA that everybody plans and that finance has a role to play in an effective challenge, bringing it together, um, I think, yes, we'll, we'll still be talking about that and we'll always be talking about that.
1: Thank you. Jeff Hattendorf, last word again.
3: Well, I hope it's not for always, but I do think for the next year, probably the next two or three years, we have clients that are well on their way towards putting the foundation in place. But like an amoeba, some are gravitating towards the predictive components. Some are gravitating towards the integration of people and process. But when those conditions are right, we're gonna go from evolving to a revolution. And I I don't think we're gonna see that with many companies in this next year, but I don't think it's too far off.
1: Okay, and I have one more question. This is a yes or no around the table. First press, then Brian, then Jeff. Is this an exciting field for, I'll put air quotes around this, young people in college, in graduate school to say, I wanna be part of this data Revolution. This planning and analysis that embraces the whole company, where data is actionable and it moves, and it doesn't have walls around it, and the company will succeed because of it. Pros, yes or no? Good place for for young. I did, almost said kids. Bri- uh, go ahead, pros. Yes?
2: Emphatically yes.
1: Okay, Brian, you agree?
2: Can't believe you're limiting me to one word, but yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have to once in a while, Jeff. Yes. Thank you very much. I want to do a shout out to Gabe, our engineer at Voice America, the business channel, and a shout out again to Melissa Raywalk. She actually spells her name R-A-W-A-K, but I had to learn how to pronounce it, who works with Brian Lapidus. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. I want to see you all fasten your seatbelt. Come on, we still have to do that menu. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Pros Chatterjee, just like Brian Lapidus and Melissa Raywalk, and just like Jeff Hattendorf. We'll talk to you again soon. Hope you learned a lot because I sure did. Everybody wave goodbye. Guests stick around. We'll say bye afterwards. Bye-bye. Bye, Lynn.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.